Daniel Boone was a man. Wow. The munchies. Thinking about it, join us today, Barry, because right now we have somebody on. I can't tell who it is. Somebody, because I still see. Annette is first today. What's up? Hey, Annette. You're probably wondering, why in the world does he have a bag of salted peanuts on? Because we've noticed that when you have the same old lame picture, that it, for whatever reason, people won't log on. Some people do, some people don't. So I thought I'd share this with you, and there's a reason that I'm sharing this today. Who's number two? There's somebody. There's, there's Tim Crow, I think, there. Oh, Rich, there's four. Rich and Annette are the Brett's there. Tim Crow, I believe, is up in the upper corner there. I can't tell by his little icon. It looks like Tim or his beard. I can't tell, Barry. Could be both. <laughs> Brett's there. He's probably there with Rob. Hopefully, Rob's tuning in. Up, hey, Brett, smack Rob. I think he's changed since he yeah. put me down on the golf course the other day. I'm really humiliated. Just kidding. Tell him to get to work. Tell him to get to work. Tim Crow. So you're wondering, guys, why in the world is Randy holding up a bag of salted munchies from Frito-Lay? I'm going to tell you why. Is it because of the word munchies? No, Barry. That's a whole different <laughs> lifestyle. Oh. But I, that's, that's good. This is because, hey, Grandma Judy's there. Hey, Grandma Judy. Hope we see you at church this weekend. That'd be cool. So the reason I'm holding this bag of Munchies salted peanuts is because this morning while I was making lunch, my wife and I both agreed this is the lamest lunch ever. Well, we'll just have to deal. Hey, Barb, we'll just have to deal with it because this is all we have. Well, wouldn't you know it, that guy. Oh, how the Lord works in mysterious ways. And I'll tell you why, if I can flip this thing around. Uh, wait a minute, what's the problem? Here it is. Okay. Because that guy surprised me when I had just finished my lame lunch with these, which goes and tells me that God always provides, Barry. Right? Pretty cool, huh? He always provides. Just in time. Uh, just in time. Seems like God's always late and he just has perfect timing. I don't know how that works. So today, uh, real quick, won't be a long one, guys. Today, I'm going to start off with a conversation I have with a friend of mine. Good friend of mine called. And if you guys have been around Misfits for a while, you know we're, we're not the one that blames the devil for every little bad thing that happens. We're just not those people. A lot of the, the, the screw-ups we've done, we've done it. And James said, uh, we're, we're dragged away and enticed by our own evil desires. And then, uh, so we don't go looking for the devil. We don't blame him for every little thing that happens. But we are realistic understanding that we really do have an enemy right and he's alive and, and in fact i think second people said be sober and alert for the devil prowls around like a lion looking to for someone to to, to destroy kill destroy. and destroy but my friend like me is one of these guys that they take responsibility for the failures most of them they're on their own hey nafuna most of uh of the failures I've done, I caused. I'm not blaming it on anybody else. I did this. And I think when you own it, uh, it, 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 it's a good thing. But my friend's driving down the road and he said it was kind of, kind of dark outside and he popped over hill and there was a woman standing in the middle of the road. And this woman was flailing as if something straight out of a creepy horror flick, right? Well, he pulls over to see what the matter was. 
and she came in and she lit him up with every kind of colorful language that you could possibly imagine. And he goes, the best that he could describe it was, he believes that he uh, encountered a demon-possessed woman. And um, But if you back that up a little bit, uh, my, my friend's prayer, which it should be all of our prayers, uh, is draw me closer to you, Jesus. Give me more understanding. Give me more faith. Give me more obedience. I want to be closer to you, Jesus. And it's a prayer. When you do that, then you get somebody's attention. Then quite um, quite possibly, you could rattle a cage or two, Barry, right? Yeah. So he kind of feels like that's what happened. And, and <clears throat> because we understand that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. We have not been given a spirit of fear, but a power of love and sound mind. Um, God's going to help you overcome those things. But I, it's as we were talking about this on the telephone uh, yesterday or the day before, I said, you know what? It, it, it reminds me of a story um, found in Luke chapter 8. And I'm going to pick it up at 22. I'm going to blow through this per first part to kind of set the story up, okay? And then we'll talk about it a little bit. So uh, chapter 8 of Luke, verses 22, and we're going to walk it down from there. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap, but soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water, and they were in real danger. You know, the sea, when you think of the sea in the Bible, the sea is always a picture of judgment. Uh, it's, a, it, it's, it's not like we go to the sea and relax. In fact, there's not going to be oceans or seas in heaven because the sea is a picture. Uh, it, it, it's the devil's dominion. I know it sounds funny, though, doesn't it? And I don't yeah. want to deep, dive too deep. But <laughs> anyway, did you, did, you understand, did you know that the devil's been given um, dominion over the earth? temporary as it is right see adam forfeited dominion over the earth and he forfeited he gave it into the hands of the devil right and eventually it'll give him back to jesus who rightfully owns it we're going to talk about that this weekend but for the time being he is the prince of the air uh so watch what happens the boat was filling with water and they were in real danger now jesus is in the boat if you're in the boat with jesus you got nothing to fear the disciples went and woke him shouting master master we're going to drown when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and raging waves. Suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. Then he asked them, where's your faith? You know, when the storms of your life are raging, you know, Jesus is right in there in the boat with you. Uh, and, and even as it rages, he knows he's in the middle of that whole mess. We can place our faith and our, and our, our comfort in Jesus, knowing that he's got it all under control. And one word from Jesus can still a storm. You know, when you're all raging and, and your emotions are high, sometimes you just speak the name of Jesus and it That's calms right. that storm. down. You don't know how? Because it's power in the name of Jesus. We do know that, right? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They're beginning to understand this is not just a man. This, this, the, the, no man can speak and calm a storm like that. And when it says it was a storm on that sea, this, it, it was a big, big storm, right? And just speak a word and watch it go glass smooth. Nobody could do that. Even the wind and waves obey him. Now watch this. And this is the point I'm getting to, to drive a point home that I was explaining and talking about with my friend. Hey, Donna. So they arrived in the region of... Gesseris, across from the lake, 
across the lake from Galilee. As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time he had been homeless and naked, living in the tombs outside the town. As soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell down in front of him. Then he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Please, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. The spirit had often taken control of the man, even when he was placed under guard and put in chains and shackles. He simply broke them and rushed out into the wilderness completely under the demon's power. Here's this guy. He'd been in chains probably most of his life. The whole area would have known about this man. Everybody would have known there's the crazy man that's possessed and breaking chains and doing all the stuff, and he's just an idiot. Hey, Scott, he's just an idiot, right? So everybody knew about this. Now watch this. I'm surmising this. The devil could see the boat. He knew that Jesus was on a crash course to go to this man to eventually set him free. And he throws up a wave to distract Jesus because out on the lake, he threw up a big storm. And during that storm, Jesus was, was steadfast. He knew what he was doing. He knew his purpose. I'm going, I'm meeting that man, and I'm going to set that man free. And he who is free is free indeed. The devil can throw all kinds of things in your way, uh, all kinds of distractions, all of this stuff. But he cannot stop the gospel. He cannot stop God's plan for you. Only you can do that, right? right. He can distract right. you, get you off course, but you just keep going back to it. Hold on, somebody's calling me. going to have to dismiss this person right now. There we go. So um, here he is. Kind of funny how that worked. Isn't that funny, Barry? <laughs> yeah. And if you knew who was calling me, you'd even be funnier. <laughs> so here he is. I told I told my friend, I said, you know, your prayer the night before was that you would grow closer and closer to Jesus, that your relationship him would be more intimate and more intimate and more intimate. Do you think for a second that it's possible that maybe God did send that person to discourage you into your path? Not God, or the devil did allow that person to uh, go into your path to discourage you? I think it's possible, right? So it shook him for a little bit, but he realized, like we said before, that he who is in him is greater than he is in the world. And he set his mind like Flint. I'm getting closer to Jesus. That's what I'm going to do. Now watch what happens with this guy. Jesus demanded, what is your name? Legion, he replied, for he was filled with many demons. The demons kept begging Jesus not to send them into the bottomless pit. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby, and the demons begged him to let them enter into the pigs. You know, obviously the Jews weren't going to mess with pigs. So this uh, this area over here, lots of pigs, and it was not good. The Gentiles were, and I think he said something earlier, but I thought it was cool. You know, um, Jesus shows up in this place. He casts the demons out. He casts them into the pigs. The pigs run. They're going to go down to the hill, and they're going to go into the pit, and they're going to be destroyed. Or It happened to a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby, and the demons begged him to let them into the pigs. So Jesus gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw it, they fled to the nearby town and surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been freed from the demons. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. 
They didn't know what was going on. Yeah, All they knew, <laughs> this, they didn't know who this Messiah was. They just kind of go, what's going on? There's old boy. He's been the guy causing all the problems. There's our, where are the pigs at? And they were probably afraid, first of all, there goes our commerce over the other side right. of the bank. The whole town's commerce, the economy, probably was flipped upside down. But they don't know. They didn't know that the master of it all was on, on the scene, right? Then those who had seen what happened told the others how the demon-possessed man had been healed. And all the people in the region of Gesseris begged Jesus to go away and leave them alone. For a great wave of fear swept over them. How about that? Yeah. They see this guy set free. They know this, but they're so afraid that they beg Jesus not to go or not to stay. Get out. Just please yeah. leave. You ran all the pigs out. We don't have any. We don't. Nobody has jobs now because the pigs are all gone or whatever. Turned everything upside down. Jesus has a tendency to come into your to your situation and just turn everything upside down. You know that's kind of what he does. For the good. For the good. <laughs> but watch what happens. I'm going to bring it all the way around. I think this is the coolest part of the story. Obviously, uh, I believe the devil saw that Jesus went on a crash course for this demoniac. He, he believed and he knew that Jesus had the power to heal this man and set him free. But he also knew, I totally believe he knew that the man had a lot of um, potential. The man would have had a lot of influence. The very fact that he would have a testimony would be influential in and around that area, right? So, of course, he wanted to keep it. He was trying everything that he could to keep Jesus from having this encounter with this man. Now watch what happens. So Jesus returned to the boat and left, crossing back to the other side of the lake. The man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him home saying, no, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. You know, sometimes when you see a person get clean of drugs or alcohol, the first thing you want to do is be a preacher. And that's that's fine. That's a, that's a noble thing. Right. But in this case, I, I would I would assume that this guy wanted to join the ranks of the boys. He wanted to go. I want to go where you go. I want to be be a disciple. And Jesus said, "No, go back and tell your friends about me." Right. But this is the amazing part of the story. I think this is really cool. So he went all through the town, proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. Now the towns where this guy would have gone were the Decapolis. 10 cities. And these 10 cities were not open to Jesus going there until this man went into those towns and shared his story about what Christ had done for him. And then later on, it opened up the seg, it segued in an opportunity for Paul and the rest of the game to go through the cities preaching Jesus. So now you see the bigger picture as why Jesus said, no, you can't come with me. I want you, I have something special for you to do. I want you to go and tell your friends about me and the one that set you free and tell them how I did it, tell them who I am. And this guy didn't know anything. He wasn't a Jew. So he wouldn't have known any of the traditions. He didn't know any of the religious stuff that he had to do. He didn't know anything. And it's just like the other guy that Jesus mentioned. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. You don't have to have a whole lot of... Uh, religious background to understand what Jesus has done for you, right? Yeah. Jesus doesn't require anything of you is yep. to, but to accept him by faith into your heart and be forgiven for your sins and become free, right? And then you go simply explain what he's done for me. And then you have an opportunity of free zone to live and grow in the grace of Jesus, which he compels you to do and not be like baby Christians that are sucking out a bottle. Paul says, "Why, well, you know, by now you should be teaching about this stuff as opposed right. to just, just sucking on a bottle, getting milk. You should be ready for solid food. So my encouragement for you today is 
don't let anything stop your purpose that God has for your life because it's probably something uh, more, and I'm not going to say big, like, oh, we got to, we have to worry about doing something big for God. I think this guy that got healed, this demoniac, probably thought he wanted to do something big for the Lord because he was grateful for the Lord for coming and rescuing him out of that possession. But Jesus simply said, no, that's not for you. Go and tell your friends what I did for you. That's it. You know, I was reading a little commentary while you were talking about uh, <clears throat> the Gentiles. Obviously, they didn't, they didn't really know about God. Why they were scared, uh, while they were afraid of what Jesus had done was because of the power that he displayed. Ooh -wee. You know, I think about that. He just came in and radically changed everything. But I also thought it was interesting that the, the demons didn't want to go to the, the bottomless pit. They'd rather go to the pigs. Meaning you moved off so they know what's going to happen in the end. We know, if you read in Revelation, it tells you they do get sent to the bottomless pit and it's forever gone. So obviously we want to avoid the bottomless pit. But really the whole story is, it goes all the way around. Like you just said, you don't have to do anything big for God. All you have to do is just tell your story. And there's several places throughout Scripture that just tells, just tell people what he's done for you. It's really pretty simple. But, we, but at, sometimes we feel uncomfortable sharing our story. A lot of times it doesn't even have to be your story. It could just be a few kind words where people notice that you've been changed. Oh, There's that's something good, different. Dude. There's something different about you. And I want to know, by your lifestyle, I've, I've noticed some changes in you. What's going on? And then you can tell them. You don't really, I mean, we're not all Billy Grahams. I know I'm not. No. You know, I just tell people what he's done for me. Just kind of keep it simple. That's how I do it. But we're all free to do however we want to do it, so... Main thing is be encouraged and tell people about Jesus. How about that? That's it. Barry, should I go out on a limb here? Should I announce the surprise or, or do it tomorrow? Uh, well, go ahead. I don't know if I should tell you guys you a surprise. <laughs> you don't have to keep them hanging. Do you guys want to know a surprise? That's Come happening tomorrow at Misfits. Night, we'll tell you. <laughs> Come tomorrow night to church, and I'll tell you. You know what? I think I'm going to leave them. Uh, leave them hanging. I think I'm going to leave them hanging, leave Barry. So tomorrow, come to church, and we'll tell you about a huge, going to be huge surprise. Yeah. Love very, you guys. It's very cool. It's really cool. Be blessed. God has plans. See ya.